I got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, after, during that time, my husband was also diagnosed with cancer. And just looking across those two different areas, realizing that although they're really different, the challenges, the mental health challenges are really similar. In, you know, children are the best people in the world at being present. Like they are yeah. just in whatever in the moment, they're doing. Yeah. yeah, they're not worrying about what's happening in the future or the past. They're just like immersed in their yeah. little world. Or you're anxious about anything is wanting to avoid the situation. Yeah. Wanting to avoid the thing that makes you anxious. And parents do it and, you know, kids do it. And... It's the worst thing you can do. Just before we jump into the podcast, if you do your food shopping online, make sure to check out Food Llama. So it's a Google Chrome extension and you can kind of set up your own profile and like preferences so you can say what you're allergic to. But it also has your intolerances as well, which you can kind of filter through. So when I do my food shopping online, all the product has a tick or cross against it. And if I can't have that product, it'll even give me alternative options of food I can have. So yeah, it's a really great Chrome extension. I'll leave a link in the podcast description if you want to find out more. And a quick shout out to Food Llama for sponsoring this podcast. Could you do me a massive favor and click follow or subscribe button? It helps the podcast us out so much. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Making Today podcast. I'm joined by Emma Amascotto. Yep. I got it right. Got, got it right, right first time. <laughs> and I've had Emma on the podcast before to talk about food allergies, but this time it's a little bit different. I thought it'd be great to get Emma to kind of talk about mental health. She's recently um, designed an app called We Are Smile App. I'll talk about mental health in long-term kind of illnesses. Is that correct? Yeah, long-term health conditions. So yeah, it's great to kind of get Emma on the podcast today to kind of talk a bit more about that. If we start from the kind of the very beginning. It's a long I mean, time, Dan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, how do you kind of manage? Because obviously you, you did a master's in, in neuroscience and obviously kind of psychology. Yeah. I mean, how do you manage that with having like two kids with allergies as well? I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. Like I crazily decided to do it right at the beginning of lockdown like the beginning of the pandemic which in some ways was really good because it gave me something to kind of Worked focus towards, on yeah. yeah something new to do um so yeah just multitasking was it always like on the agenda would you say did you always think about doing a master's at some point I'd always thought I might go back and do a master's at some point, but didn't know what in, which is why I'd never done it, okay. because it was nothing really that it made sense to do it in. Um, I was never thinking about psychology and neuroscience. That was never like on the table. So, yeah. yeah, that literally came out of me deciding I wanted to do something off the back of, you know, the allergies and wanting to do smile. And that's what took me to do the master's. So the lockdown kind of give you that time then to just kind of really think about what was next like that kind of next goal or what is it you want to achieve yeah I think so um yeah just gave me that I guess you know time to really focus on something and spent most of it especially the first bit just googling every word and then finding five words I didn't know and googling those like on the neuroscience side of stuff but it was it was really fascinating it was really interesting so in talking to like in regards to kind of like your personal experiences Mm. do you think has that kind of fed into the reason behind wanting to do the masters in kind of like psychology? Oh, absolutely. It all grew out of that. Like it grew out of my, you know, anxiety and my, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and all those leading me to go, wait, I can't quite find the right support I need here. So let's create it. How am I going to do that? No idea. Let's take these steps and kind of. Have you always felt that from a kind of young age in regards to feeling anxious or the kind of the the post stress? Or was that later on, like maybe after having kids? Or obviously, 
that them having food yeah. allergies as well. Imagine that's like another burden you could say which you've you've kind of got to take on in terms of making sure they're safe yeah absolutely so I think now I know more and have you know had therapy can look at things better I can see I was always quite an anxious you know child or even anxious in my 20s but it didn't kick off in any kind of big way until I had the kids and the food allergies came into play and everything that I think was maybe slightly bubbling there inside yeah yeah got triggered a lot more and I was going to say with therapy like I recently started therapy and I wasn't too sure what it was going into it but yeah. they're essentially there just to kind of listen to how you're feeling then trying to dig it out or kind of break it apart like yeah. how was therapy for you when you started um I had varying experiences like the first one I had didn't really work out that well because it was just a bit prescriptive so yeah. I'd obviously I'd had all the um I'd had all the anxiety with like James having anaphylactic reactions and having really bad asthma attacks and that, you know, really hit me hard. And I tried to just kind of muddle through it and figure it out. Um, Then when my daughter was born, I had a really difficult birth with her. And then that kicked off everything else with the PTSD and stuff. And so I was initially referred for cognitive behavior therapy like okay. through the NHS, but it was, it was just very prescriptive. It was very kind of box ticking and we need to get you to think this certain way, which didn't oh, just really, really yeah. didn't fit in. Part of it was about very much getting to the point where you can see like your anxiety is unfounded. The thing you're worried about is not going to happen. It's like, oh, well, really? well, no, it, it can. It can happen. And it yeah. does. Um, after that, I got like other therapy and that worked, you know, a, a lot better. So I think it's just finding that thing. Kind yeah, because I recently started and I didn't really know what to expect yeah. going into it. Like, there's always that uncertainty. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, like, I felt like, I think going into it, I kind of wanted more direction or someone just to give mm, me the answer straight yeah. away. And it's not like that. No. Like, it's going to take a few sessions for them to kind of understand why do you feel yeah. a certain way? And then yeah. for me, like, I was just completely clueless, like, going into it. Well, I think you are. Cause if you've never sat down and thought that way, you know, and sometimes yeah. we, we actively try not to think about stuff as well, don't we? Yeah. And so then it can feel really uncomfortable to go in. And it feels, it feels, I do think it's probably like a huge generalization. It can feel quite un-British sometimes to go and like sit down and talk to someone about our problems. Talk like, about yourself for yeah, an hour. Like it yeah. does feel a bit weird. Like yeah. she, I'm just putting all my burdens on this poor therapist. Like. But I think, you know, I think it's great for anyone. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously with allergies and all that as well, there's lots more layers to kind of unpack as well. Can we talk a bit more like PTSD mm. and what that is and how that could affect potentially parents with food allergies yeah. as well? Yeah. So I got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, after I'd had a really difficult birth with my daughter. That's what really triggered it. But it had then fueled my anxieties with everything else. And then I look back at how I already had kind of symptoms of it after like the anaphylactic reactions yeah. and severe asthma attacks that my son had had. But when I was diagnosed with it, I felt quite guilty and quite embarrassed almost. It's like, really? Like I'm not a war veteran. You know, yeah. I think we have this perception you of- You can just battle through it. Yeah, like, like what yeah. you're supposed to have been through to, you know, have that experience or have yeah. those feelings. But actually anything that's like, a threat to life when you've experienced something you know like an anaphylactic reaction yeah. or anything like that um can trigger p 
PTSD. And there's actually there was some research recently that showed actually the numbers are really high. And just talking to people, especially mums, you yeah. know, within the allergy community, so many people having those experiences. I think the one thing what shocked me, you did a post where it said 42% of kind of parents with kids with food allergies can... Yeah can have like PTSD and it really kind of shocked me and I was reading all the comments and a lot of the time the parents just didn't have the time to they're, they're thinking so much about the child and their safety that they don't have that time to actually reflect on themselves yeah. and realize that potentially they could have it like. absolutely and I think you know it's things that as you say we're so busy just getting on with it and yeah you know it, there's that, it's that anxiety of constantly being alert constantly being on edge always looking around every corner yeah. but then the ptsd on top of that it's you know things that can trigger you or constantly replaying something that happened you know that's you know your kid having the anaphylactic reaction or, or whatever it may be constantly replaying that in your head and then being triggered by things like just small things which obviously make sense but things like an ambulance going down the road just getting on with you every day, doing oh, really? something completely different. Yeah, I've had that before. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I dropped the kids off at school. No, they're absolutely fine. Walk into the car, an ambulance had gone past. And like, just making me completely freeze and having That's to kind nice, of talk yeah. myself out. Wait a minute, I've just dropped them off at school. They're fine. The ambulance isn't for them. Yeah. But things that, yeah, that you're just not expecting. Has there been many studies into kind of PTSD and food allergies and in terms of that kind of relation between them? No, they're starting to do more. So there was that one that came out recently um, and now they're doing some more research into it. It's There's a lot of awareness around it, yeah. um, but there's not enough support or funding or you know, actual action yeah. on it. So, yeah, no, that's quite fascinating in regards to obviously that kind of not enough kind of like research into yeah. it and the kind of studies like you found. But to kind of like the the kind of doing the masters, mm. I mean, how's that been? Has it, has it been quite challenging? Has it been really kind of rewarding kind of going forward with that? Both. It was really challenging. Like I'd never, I hadn't done science in school. You know, my, oh, really? my background is journalist, yeah. you know, communications. So I hadn't done science since GCSE. So to suddenly go back and do a psychology yeah. and neuroscience of mental health masters at King's, which is, you know, a Amazing, yeah. very kind of well-renowned for that, was a bit like, oh. Um, the psychology was much more, I mean, I will not say easy, but much more like manageable and straightforward. The yeah. neuroscience was fascinating. But I'm what's definitely not what's going the into neuroscience. Between them. Oh, good question. I'm yeah. probably gonna get whatever the definition is wrong. So psychology is much more about the emotions and the reactions to things. Neuroscience is all the little itty bitty things going oh, okay. on in our like, brain. More and kind of like scientific. Yeah, more scientific, how things connect to each other, how neurotransmitters move around and what they do. Yeah. And whilst kind of doing the masters you obviously kind of set up We Are Smile. Mm. Was that during the course or was that kind of afterwards? And what was the kind of, did you kind of see an opportunity there where you felt like you didn't have the support and you could actually create a platform to help people? Yeah, so Smile actually came first. The idea for Smile came first. So I had found that, as I say, like I'd struggled to get the right support I needed in terms of like, how do I unpack all this anxiety and all these different emotions, but with knowing that there's a particular trigger there. So it's not just something that has happened in the past yeah. and probably won't happen again, or it's not just kind of general anxiety. It's about something specific. And I found that they're just, it was difficult to find the right support because yeah. a lot of psychological support focuses on, 
you know, either things will get better or you can change it. Yeah. And that's just that's not it, true. Yeah. You just got to learn, you know, how do I live alongside this? And also a feeling where people say, oh, well, yeah, that's really difficult. Anyone would struggle with that. Which, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you want to. Like you want to. Yeah. Endure learn. it every day. It's not. Yeah. yeah. So I struggled with that. And then um, during that time, my husband was also diagnosed with cancer. And just looking across those two different areas, realizing that although they're really different, the challenges, the mental health challenges are really similar in terms of, you know, uncertainty, lack of control, like all these things that come up across the board and just thinking, why is nobody doing something about this? Um, So I started looking into it more and I ended up setting up this, it was like a six week course originally called Smile. Um, And I ran it just with a group of allergy mums originally. I just did this, yeah, just this this online course. Um, and it went really well. And um, the result, like people that had never eaten out with their kids before had kind of eaten out by the end of it and just made a lot of progress. And But then I thought, you know what? I want to take this bigger than that. Yeah. And I know there's real potential to do something more with this. Um, but I was like, I don't know how. <laughs> and so then that's what took me to the masters because I thought, you know what? If I'm going to do this, it can't just be me researching stuff on the internet. Like I've got to yeah. know that I've got like proper knowledge and grounding to what I'm trying to create here which yeah somehow led to me going back to do a master's i mean that's amazing <laughs> and like fair play as well you know what i mean like yeah. you kind of had this idea then you was like no i'm actually rather than yeah. <laughs> researching the a few blog posts actually kind of like doing the masters how long was the master's then was it just the one year so i've done it part-time so I did it over two years yeah. and then and then in regards to then did they kind of help you i know we spoke a little bit for the mm. podcast do they kind of help you kind of take the right step in regards to like how you would go about making this potentially a business or making it into a platform? Yeah, no, it, it they didn't, but it all, again, kind of just all fell into place without me really knowing that's what's going to happen. So yeah. I did the masters and then they do nothing on the kind of business side or, yeah. you know, how are you going to do that? It's very just, you know, theoretical and, and academic. But then once I was at King's uh, KCL, then I realized they have something called the Entrepreneur Institute, which I didn't even know existed. Amazing. Um, and they do all sorts of like workshops and loads of stuff that if you've got a business idea or if you want to develop something, you can go through all these things to kind of help. Yeah. So I did some of them and that really helped me start formulate like how is this going to look and yeah, you know, yeah. what am I going to do? Um, yeah. And then now I've managed to get onto a kind of longer program with them, which has really helped me kind of move things forward. So in regards to the app then, is it kind of a course you do on the app or is it kind of a tool to kind of help you kind of manage it better? So the basic version is like think Headspace or Calm. Yeah. But for people with long-term health conditions. So rather than being generic, you can go on and there's written content, there's audio and videos from like yeah. psychologists and experts, but all around those things that we know people um are struggling with so you can search by how are you feeling today or you can search by what challenge are you facing so if you've got a hospital appointment coming up or can you not sleep or are you caring for a child and then you can go in and look at the videos or the audio tracks and we cover things like how to manage the what ifs or how to deal with trauma or how to accept a diagnosis all those things that we know people find difficult we talk a little bit about the kind of the long-term health condition Mm. and because i remember kind of when i read it i wasn't I didn't know too much about it yeah. to be honest, so I've stayed on my research. But for those listeners who might not be aware what a long-term health mm. condition is, could we kind of delve into that a bit deeper? 
Yeah, and it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's all around that language of, yeah. you know, what do you call it? How do you define it? Because some people say long-term health conditions, some people say chronic illness, or some people just don't even think about themselves As, falling yeah. into that category. But it's basically just any health condition you're dealing with that doesn't have an end date, you know, that you're just going yeah. to be living with and that is so affecting like your life example, in some like, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why the challenge with the mental health is different to something that, we can change or fix or take away it's something that no you're going to have to live alongside this but how would you do that and still you know yeah. lead a good life what would be kind of your goals then going forward over the next like you could say the next year or two in regards to the platform is it in terms of just like keep growing that kind of community and just kind of getting the word out there like do you have kind of any kind of like missions which you oh really i've got so many missions yeah. man yeah. so many missions <laughs> in the short term it's just build that uh keep you know, putting together really good video and audios, yeah. um, growing our expert list. We've got some great ones in there, but bringing some more in as well um, and getting it out to more people. Are you doing you it know? all on your own as well? Currently, yeah. yeah. So um, I've got someone coming on board with me very soon Amazing, um, to do it. But up until now, yeah, it's just been me. That's very exciting. And then whilst you're kind of doing your master's and the We Are Smile app, you also did a course on happiness mm. at Yale kind of university. I mean... How, I mean, what was the reason behind that? Like, was it, I mean, is it something you've always like quite interested in? I don't know. I just saw it and thought, oh, that looks interesting. Basically, I yeah. think is how it's, yeah, how I ended up doing it. Um, just because I, again, started talking more about mental health and I just thought, God, that, that fits into that, yeah. that so much. You know, we all want to be happy. And, you know, part of the thing of smile is that, you know, bringing smiles and joy and all that i was gonna say is that, is that how the kind of um the, the name kind of went about in, in regards to calling the app smile so no the the way smile started was um me trying to find things that worked for me basically yeah so when i was feeling anxious or when i was feeling really high alert like how do i calm myself down how do i get out of that moment when that my state, head is yeah. just racing and you always get told you know breathe do your breathing which can work really well you know it's really effective but for me, when I was in that moment, I couldn't think about breathing or like counting my breath. Yeah, that yeah. was just too much. And then I read somewhere and I've no idea where that if you smile, it has a really big like physiological impact on your body. Like literally oh, wow. it slows your breathing. It slows your heart. Yeah. It sends neurotransmitters off in your brain. And basically it tells our body we're safe because yeah. you smile, you know, when you're happy or when yeah, you're yeah. good. Um, and it actually calms your system. So it's not about, you know, trying to make yourself feel happy, happy yeah. or positive or anything like that. It's literally just, right, what can I do right now? I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I know how to move my face into a smile. Yeah, yeah. And actually it's it had a easy real... It's well, yeah. Yeah. And it just worked really well for me. It had a real, like, physical effect of kind of calming yeah. stuff. And I thought, well, why... Why, does, why did I not know about this? Like, yeah. why does no one else know about it? And that's where the name Smile came from Amazing. Um, initially. Yeah. I was going to say, what was the kind of the biggest finding when you kind of did the course on happiness? Was there mm. something which kind of really kind of like stood out to yourself? I think the main thing was just all those things we think will make us happy. Yeah. Aren't really the things that make us happy. Really? yeah <laughs> like so money for example money yeah money's one of them um it's kind of like up to a certain amount you know when it was fifty four thousand. Yeah, yeah which seems like yeah. a you know a decent amount everything's covered you're pretty comfortable yeah. above that there's not really any correlation it doesn't mean you earn more you're going to be happier to say that yeah i remember listening to podcasts and they'll say like the most i think tyson um, fury always says like the 
the most billionaires he knows are millionaires when they're all miserable yeah. like, none of them are happy and like i, I hear this all the time yeah, like, yeah people which have got a lot of money it doesn't necessarily make them like happier no well i would think it's a couple of reasons one which is interesting is like who we compare ourselves to like what our set point is yeah so if you're you know friends with lots of millionaires or billionaires you're not comparing yourself to the person that's, that's working yeah. a regular job and is earning 30 grand you're saying oh well he's got a bigger yacht than me yeah. you know or look at what he's got over there so your set point changes so you're oh, okay. always comparing yourself and you're, you're generally always looking up you know to the next yeah. level so I think that's one part and then we often think you know that meeting our goals or you know things that we really like aim for and think oh this this will make me happy if I just yeah. get this or I just reach that or I just buy that or I just all these things if we just do that we'll be happy yeah and actually again it just it's so interesting like yeah because I remember like um there's like a very kind of famous musician and he thought like if he cracked America he'd be happy and yeah. cracked America then he was like well I've done that what's yeah. the next goal and like he said, you're constantly like chasing yourself. Yeah. Um, and we all do yeah. it, don't we? We all do it at different points. You think, oh, just do that. But then that comes and it's quite short lived. Like you feel happy. Yeah. Maybe moment, for like yeah. a little while. And then you move on to the next thing. So it's not a like a long lasting yeah. So thing. what is it? What does make you happy then? I know you've kind of spoke about on a post about kind of purpose yeah. and having something to kind of thrive towards what was kind of the main kind of findings behind happiness? so purpose was one of them yeah absolutely um connection yeah social connection is another thing um and then just real basic stuff like um exercise yeah being outside in nature all those things that we kind of overlook is like yeah eh. Like you've seen that video on Instagram Reels where it's like, oh, I've got to go for a walk now. <laughs> and like the music's yes. like going and they're doing that. Like, yeah, yeah, I saw that the other day. But yeah, yeah. I, I always think exercise for me has always been really important towards mm. mental health because I feel like when I'm not exercising, me personally, I feel quite quite anxious. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it's really good. There's so much evidence that yeah. um, exercise helps mental health. But I think with the happiness thing, I think the main thing I took away was we think of it's those big things that make us happy and it's not. It's so those small, small things, everyday yeah. things we do is what we build into like each day that makes us happy, not looking all for those like big goals and those big yeah. achievable things at the end. And I think with the goals, I think it's always like breaking it up into kind of small yeah. kind of parts rather than just picking the biggest goal and trying yeah. to like achieve it and stuff. Because obviously then it just helps it feel a bit more manageable to get to that kind yeah. of final destination. Yeah, definitely. Like, how long was the course then? Was it just a short one? It was short, yeah. I think it was over about six weeks or two months. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really interesting. Yeah. But to kind of, um, I mean, what advice would you give to kind of, I was going to say like food allergy parents, mm. is there any advice you would kind of give to them where parents might be in that position where they do feel like quite anxious and yeah. what would be the kind of best approach for that? I think the first one is to just give yourself a bit of a break. I think we're all really harsh on ourselves yeah. and think, oh, I should be able to cope with this better. You know, oh, I'm overreacting. And sometimes that's like messaging we get from outside that makes us think that yeah. more. But actually, no, it's really difficult. You know, to really, yeah, just trying to like, because I, I find like it's quite hard. Like, I can speak to like my family and my friends, but like sometimes it's, Sometimes it's not enough and I still yeah. like 
still feel anxious and then yeah. just that scene to kind of like get it out of my system kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, just give yourself a break. That no, yeah. this is this is tough stuff to deal with. Yeah. And I think just recognizing those emotions and not being afraid of them, because often we just try to bury them because yeah. they're awkward and they're uncomfortable and they're scary. And so, you know, we get busier and we do more and we try to you know avoid them and I think especially with food allergy parents you know you want to be able to control things because it makes you feel safer yeah you think oh if I just spend more time and I you know I've totally yeah. been there you know you spend more time reading about it more time fixing things more time putting all these things in place yeah. then I'm gonna feel safe and I'm gonna feel secure but you you can't get to a place where you can control Everything. everything believe like, me i've yeah. tried like <laughs> you'd be know. like overthinking like everything then sometimes yeah. you know when you're just constantly like reading i find that's where my allergies like come from was just like reading about it all the time and the yeah. news exactly and that's some, that's a piece of advice i always give to people is you know don't overread things yeah you know there's going to be bad stories out there and it's natural to want to read about that but you don't need to read it on five different sites yeah. You don't need to read <laughs> it multiple thing, times. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, what people are searching for is that reassurance that they did something that I wouldn't do. Yeah. And I'm okay. You're not necessarily going to find that because you weren't in that situation and we can't control it and we can't fix it. Yeah. Um, so limiting your news intake. Is probably like really helpful. And yeah. I think sometimes like, I think, I know like, potentially some parents could like try and protect the, the kids too much mm. but then that carries that anxiousness over to then the kids with the allergies so when they do go yeah. to uni they could actually be like really really anxious yeah. to eat out or kind of go out has it been really tricky trying to find that kind of balance where you kind of want to educate your two kids but also give them the tools so when they kind of do take on that responsibility when they're older that they will be confident about the allergies it is hard absolutely because you know you want to protect them that's yeah. your role that's your job is to protect yeah. them but then it's also your job to you know prepare them for the world and let them go out there I mean to be perfectly honest my son struggles with anxiety as oh, well really? around yeah around his allergies particularly um and it's yeah it's really difficult to be able to work out how to help him navigate I was gonna say as a parent then what what do you do in that situation because I get a lot of parents reaching out to me yeah and I find it a really tricky one to answer because there's no like right or wrong yeah. answer. And then my anxiety might be very different to that. So, yeah. I mean, what advice would you give potentially to other parents out there where the kids could be suffering with yeah. allergy anxiety? I think the first one is to really help the kid properly understand it. Because I think, again, we want to protect them. So we maybe gloss over some stuff yeah. or we think, well, I'll just handle that. But actually giving them the knowledge about, you know, what it really is and understanding what they're dealing with. Because kids will fill in the gaps. We think by not telling them information, we're protecting them, but yeah. they will just make up the story. And, you know, it's amazing allergies or other things, the things that happen and you, you don't realize that actually your, your child has interpreted it in a completely different, different way. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think giving them that knowledge um, and giving them that reassurance, you know, going through, well, yes, that's scary, but this is what we do and this is why we do it. And yeah. these are the things we have in place. And, you know, if you have adrenaline injectors, get in a practice pen and letting so them practice. Yeah. yeah. Sarah was saying like she had like a hospital appointment with her little boy and yeah. like 
he had so many questions and she was saying how important it was for him to ask the questions. Absolutely, yeah. Being able to empower them or, you know, when you go to a restaurant, getting them to kind of speak order. About it, yeah. yeah, you know, when we have the allergy cards, the chef cards that we use, um, you know, just to help them engage with that. But I think a big thing for parents and for kids, and it's natural of all kind of, when you, you're anxious about anything, is wanting to avoid the situation wanting to avoid the thing that makes you anxious and parents do it and you know kids do it and it's the worst thing you can do yeah although it's like really hard the more you avoid it the bigger and scarier something gets i was gonna say that because i know i get young people kind of reaching out saying like they don't eat out in any restaurants at all and i mean i can imagine it's only gonna get worse and then they're not going to yeah. be out at all if they kind of carry that kind of yeah. anxiousness with them like, everywhere they go. Like. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. And, you know, start small. I'm not saying, you know, go and order something from yeah. some new place without having anything in you to support you. But take, you know, small... Small steps. Small steps. Yeah. But if you completely avoid it, it just becomes harder and your world becomes smaller. And, yeah... yeah. Is, is it has it been great to kind of kind of connect with other parents? Has that really kind of helped you in regards to kind of your anxiousness to kind of speak about it with kind of other parents? I say yes and no. So yes, and especially now, you know, I have a great network of parents yeah. and you know people I can talk to and people that I know really get it and that I can just reach out to. But I also think it can fuel your anxieties further, especially at the start when maybe you haven't found your people or the right people to connect with and you join every Facebook group possible and you follow everyone. And actually, I think that can make your anxieties way worse because you're now taking on everybody else's worries. You're hearing all about their allergic reactions and what's going on. You're probably, they're probably saying things that aren't necessarily correct and you're having to sift through all the information so i had to really limit my intake and limit like (laughs) right scrap i feel like you just like delve in the deep end like and i just like yeah reading all these blog posts and like yeah yeah, it's quite it's quite important to finding the right people because i think we got an allergy but then everyone's got a different experience you need to find the the right people which kind of resonate with you because there's people out there which could have an allergy but the content might not resonate with me or it might even increase my anxiety i was saying the other day like you need to kind of dig out where this anxiousness comes from and then just kind of filter through it definitely with like social media now and like all the content on there absolutely it's finding out as you say like who resonates for you like what works for you and same with the mental health side of stuff and the anxiety side of stuff like what works for you to help you support that and it was part of doing smile as well was just saying especially with the cognitive behavior therapy that doesn't work for everyone. So on the topic of cognitive behavioural therapy, can we talk a little bit about that in kind of more detail and what that kind of entails? Yeah, so cognitive behavioural therapy, it's looking at basically the relationship between your thoughts, your feelings and your behaviours. Yeah. So it's looking at how all those interact, how, how we're, what we think affects how we feel and how we feel affects what we do and that whole cycle and basically trying to break any kind of unhelpful cycles that you're stuck in or really try and kind of understand why you're doing that cycle is it kind of breaking the cycle then in some way when something isn't quite working yeah yeah looking at maybe unhelpful um or negative thoughts or feelings or things that are kind of 
tripping you up that then make you act in a certain way or not act like we said you know about the avoidance side of things and yeah how you get through that and how you can change things so then in regards to kind of the smile app yeah how have you kind of broken that up is it different kind of like therapies are different kind of sections which kind of help you understand what it is you might be going through yeah so there's different ways you can navigate it but the whole um smile thing kind of covers five different types of therapy so as i said because the cbt doesn't necessarily work for everyone i started looking at well what can work and what can support people so because probably because of my background as a journalist i like a good play on words so the whole smile thing so the s stands for self-compassion and self-care okay um really kind of recognizing why we might be feeling some way and what support systems we need to put in place and all those side of things um the m is for mindfulness yeah because mindfulness has really got a place like it's really important kind of way of bringing us back to the present because often especially with things like allergies it's the ruminating about what we could have done differently yeah i've been in that situation before um i keep referring back to oh i could have done this differently and that could have avoided this kind of thing but being a bit more kind of present yeah because yeah. your mind just you know it just races it's quite hard to like switch off it's so yeah. funny i did um a boxing class yesterday and oh, the, yeah. the coach is like really into kind of like therapy and yeah. like and and at the end he got his all to kind of just take a moment to concentrate mm. on a breathing and not letting the thoughts kind yeah, of like yeah. get in which is really interesting never really had that before like. it is really interesting i think there's often this misperception as well of what mindfulness is we think oh it has to be you know tinkling music and yeah. candles and stuff like that and that's great like if you like that, but it doesn't have to be that at all. It's, you know, it can be um, cooking a meal, playing Lego with your kids. It's something just that kind of focuses you in on the moment and not in the future or in the past. So kind of exploring that a bit more. I know you spoke on one of your posts in regards to, as children, they're so kind of creative and playful and how you trying to bring like, is it children's games in regards to... Yeah. And we get, is this right? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, children are the best people in the world at being present. Like they are just in whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, They're not worrying about what's happening in the future or the past. They're just like immersed in their little world or whatever they're doing. So I think it's been a really good like way for me to learn as much as I'm not very good at like playing dolls or getting into that zone, but trying with it, you know, my daughter's all into like art and painting, which I always thought I'm terrible at and I'm really not very good at it, but I've, just kind of embraced it just the enjoyment of yeah. like creating something or doing that's something that's so important have you heard of sir ken robinson no. so he did a, a talk on ted talks and he was talking about how like schools are like killing creativity yeah and how like kind of creative like the arts should be as important as like your math science yeah and English absolutely and, um, i was just talking to a friend about that the other day yeah and it's so important now because i like, i think yeah, like school kind of gives them the tools, but I don't, I've never used algebra in my job. Yeah. Or like it's yeah. crazy to think like they should be really kind of pushing the kind of the creative. Yeah. And even so now, like with content creators as yeah. young as 17, 18, like millionaires through your like, YouTube or whatever, like there's different ways now to kind of um, showcase your creativity. Yeah. And I think it's just those stories we tell ourselves as well or things we stop doing that maybe we did as a kid and then we get older. Yeah. You know, life takes over where we think, oh, I'm not very good at that. Yeah. You know, and that's been really good for me. Like I've always thought I can't draw and I can't sit down and draw like a plant or a person. But give me yeah. one of those YouTube videos where you follow, yeah. like draw the line here. I'm like, oh, I drew a lion. I've been using that like <laughs> Skillshare. So they do yeah. like different like classes and courses. It's like a monthly subscription. But that's like really interesting where... Yeah 
just like just learn a new skill set. I mean, I was learning about TikTok this afternoon. Like, yeah, no, I think things like that are so important. Like just for the joy of doing things. Yeah. But also, you know, that that growth of learning something, trying something different, and just that mindfulness element of like I'm not thinking about anything else because I'm focusing in. Yeah, doing that this. moment. I think what down really helps me kind of find that moment because I was doing like life drawings on like online on like a Zoom class and yeah. We was like building like little clay figures yeah. and pottery and like it, it really like took me out of my comfort zone of stuff I've never done before. Yeah. So that I think that for me, that quite helped. Yeah, like, absolutely. More so boredom as well. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think just understanding what that mindfulness is and what works for you, because it's going to be different to, yeah. you know, someone else might really be into meditation and like that side of things or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's a really important element. And then the the I is for investigate your feelings so that's the cognitive behavior therapy yeah. thing of just giving you a chance to really explore like how am I feeling why am I feeling this way how might it be changing my behavior what can I do yeah. about it that side of stuff and then the L is for love and let go and that's based on something called action and commitment therapy okay. which I didn't even know was a thing like I've I'd never, never heard of it, it. Yeah. no most people hadn't I hadn't and I started looking into like you know, how do we support people with long-term health conditions? When you can't take something away, like how do you support their mental health? Yeah. And I kind of said, oh, we need to do this and that and the other. And then someone was like, oh, well, that's action and commitment therapy. I was like, oh, it is? And then read this big book about it and was like, that's exactly what I was thinking, but I just didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> so what is it? If you could break it down to the audience, like what is... Um... So it's all about basically how do we accept whatever situation we're in? And acceptance can be really hard because... Yeah. Sometimes acceptance feels like giving up or giving in, but yeah, it's not yeah. that. It's just saying it feels like you failed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's just saying, you know, no, this is part of my life. Like, you know, how do I live alongside that? And it's also very values led. So it's looking at, okay, well, this is our situation. But within those parameters, what do we want our life to look like? Yeah. What do we want to bring more of into, into our it, life? Yeah. Um, and I think that works really well for something like when you've got a health condition. Yeah. It's not saying, you know, this is good or I like it or any of that. Yeah. But it's saying, hey, this is here. But what do I need more of? You know, what do I want my life to look like? What yeah. can I reach out for? How can I? I think it's hard because people don't thing. usually have the time then to kind of really think about it. And yeah. I think I think that's what therapy helps. It yeah. helps you kind of assess the situation. Um, and I think a lot of people just are so... I don't know, in their own head, they don't have time yeah, to really completely. kind of like get out their own head to uh, assess like, are they happy? Yeah. Is life going the way they want it? Essentially, yeah. Right? yeah. And it's really difficult to get out of your own head if you haven't so got someone yeah. or something to kind of prompt you or know where to start. Yeah. Like just sitting there and being like, right, I've got to get out of my own head. <laughs> like, you know, where do you start with that? Yeah. No. It's so funny because um, the boxing coach was saying like, I think he, he was saying that when he tries getting like young people to kind of, do therapy or not yeah um like calm for example yeah, yeah. where you just kind of like not think about your thoughts mm. and think about your breath and he said he's like i'm watching them you can still see they're in their own heads like yeah they're not like completely relaxing like and um no it's so important and i think it's hard now with probably like social media everyone's mm. like glued to the phones and um, absolutely like you're on helps, all the yeah. time aren't you yeah or you do this and you do that at the same time and yeah. so you're constantly like go 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 and then that allows you like not to really think or connect with your feelings because there's always yeah. a distraction there's always something else we can be doing so we don't have to sit with whatever that difficult feeling is or that uncomfortable yeah, yeah. thing um 
so yeah I think just you know understanding that and exploring it and then the final thing of the smile is e which stands for emotional freedom technique which again okay. most people have never heard of but um also called tapping so is if you heard of okay. acupuncture you know acupuncture yeah, where you put yeah. the needles so yeah. it's based on the same idea as that that you've got like these meridian points around your body and in acupuncture you put the needles in and it kind of like triggers yeah blocked energy or different emotions it's the same idea with this apart from the fact that you tap the points rather than so you don't need any needles you tap them and there's like different points around your head and your body and then while you're doing that you also kind of talk out loud uh, the things that you're bothered about the things that you're worried about and so it kind of has two things it has a real physical thing to do yeah but then you're also actually just getting out actually get it out yeah Yeah. i know i've heard people Tell me about this in the comments. I remember I talked mm. about algae anxiety and I heard of tapping yeah. before. And I was I really like, yeah. like it. Like when I, it was after. So where do you tap? Is it just one specific point? Or could it be on your head? Or is it? No, there's how many points are there? There's like your head. It kind of goes like round your face and then your chest and yeah. your wrist. I can't remember how many there are exactly, yeah. but it's all very like easy and accessible. But it was something when I was struggling, like I'd, I'd, I was dealing with the PTSD and the anxiety. I'd gone and had the therapy that hadn't really worked. And then I thought, oh, I'm fine. You know, I just, oh, I'm fine. I'll get on yeah. with it. And then it was probably about a year later and I was in a hospital teaching a communications course. So nothing to do with actually being there for any medical appointment yeah. and had a panic attack, like completely oh, wow. out of nowhere. And was like, oh, maybe I haven't dealt with this. Like maybe I need to find <laughs> something else. Back, yeah. Maybe I need some more support. And then it was my friend that introduced me to this idea of tapping. And I was like, sounds a bit woo woo. Like I'm it not just, sure. Uh, yeah, if someone said that to me, I was a bit <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not too, yeah. Like, but at this point I was like, yeah, sure, give fine. Go, like yeah. give it a go. And literally from the first session of doing it, like it really helped me. And now you can do it like guided with people or once you learn to do it yourself i'll do it now often like if i'm going into something that makes me feel anxious yeah. i'll kind of do it before or i often do it either before bed or if i wake up in the middle of the night yeah. kind of feeling anxious just to kind of calm and what's the technique called again for the tapping emotional freedom technique is emotional its freedom name. technique yeah no yeah. that's quite interesting and stuff like i mean what brought on the panic attack at the time was it just a bit did it just come out of nowhere? Or no, I walked, was I was looking for the bathroom and I walked past the maternity ward. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't pregnant. I had yeah. no intention of being pregnant. No way. But just literally I walked past the maternity ward on the way to the toilet. Yeah. And, and it triggered all, all everything emotion, back yeah. from my daughter and I had a panic attack. Like, That's crazy. It's amazing yeah. how your brain, you know, works and what it stores and how just something completely... Is that like PTSD then? In regards that was, to yeah, the, that the was flashbacks, because I wasn't yeah. too, I didn't know too much about it until I was reading into it before the podcast. So yeah. it could be them kind of like flashback moments, which kind of trigger that emotional response. Yeah, yeah, and it's often either something like that that triggers it, or again when you're in like a calm space. So for me, it was often like when I was having a shower because you've removed all distractions. Yeah. You're now not on your phone, or you're not busying yourself with something. And in those quiet times, that's like the scary thing i was talking to someone the other day um who'd been struggling with different things and saying they suddenly had some time to themselves yeah and then they didn't know what to do because suddenly you know it's all a bit yeah. overwhelming and so it's probably kind of go 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 yeah it's probably what happened like during the lockdown where yeah. a lot of people did have the time or there was furloughed and had that time yeah. by themselves and i think it did really affect a lot of people's probably like mental health like 
Yeah, I think there are a couple of things going on. Like you've got that more time and space, so those things kind of come yeah. up. And also, it took away a lot of our coping strategies that we didn't even know were we coping had, yeah, strategies. Yeah. All those things we relied on, like seeing our friends or going to play football or the booking a things, holiday yeah. or all those things that were kind of supporting us. Yeah. Suddenly we couldn't do all those. And it's like, okay, well, what do we do? now yeah. when I'm feeling bad, what on earth do I do? I feel like a prison in our own home in some way. I got really into running and I don't even like running. <laughs> I hate running, to be honest. But yeah. I was like, got so into it because I was like, it just took my mind out. I can get out of the house for an yeah. hour. And that's the one thing what got me through. But if I couldn't run, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't yeah. know how I would have coped. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just rediscovering kind of, yeah, what works for you because it's different for everyone. Yeah. Um, In regards to the app as well, is it mm. is it tailored then towards your needs? Like how does it kind of work? Like? So at the moment, you can just search kind of what you're looking for. So you can either go in and search, you know, oh, today I'm feeling anxious or today I'm feeling overwhelmed or angry or whatever it may be. And yeah. then that will bring up the videos and the audios and things that will all help yeah, with that. Yeah. Or you can search, hey, I've got a hospital appointment today. And then it will bring yeah. up stuff that will help with that. Or you can search by, hey, I really like doing that tapping. Let me find some more tapping. Yeah. And go to there. And then you've got specialists then who kind of work within that area, which they can kind of find the resources. Yeah, and the so we've got, um, we've got, two psychologists one of which is actually um like specializes with a background in allergy amazing yeah and then we've got a holistic therapist who does the the tapping side of things and then we've got a counselor as well who also actually has a background in allergy as well yeah yeah how does it work is it like a subscription model then do people kind of subscribe and pay a monthly kind of fee to use the resources yes at the moment you're getting quick. Everything is open access at the moment. You have to sign up as a member, but it's all free. You can get to all Amazing, of it at the moment. Yeah. In the next few months, as we have more content, yeah, it is going to go to a subscription model. So everybody yeah. will still be able to get some of it for free. So I don't want anybody to ever come yeah, to the site yeah. struggling, finding things difficult yeah. and like get to a paywall and be like, no, give me a <laughs> Every page, card. yeah, yeah. No, there'll be plenty of stuff that, you know, I want people to be accessed for free. Yeah. But yeah, some of the videos you'll have to pay for. And also we just did our first live workshop last week. Oh, amazing. And we'll be doing more of those with our um, our experts as well. Some of I've been seeing more, like more people kind of doing live kind of workshops and yeah. talks and stuff. And obviously with it all being over Zoom now, a lot more people have that yeah. access to kind of join and kind of potentially learn something as well. Absolutely. And I think it's just become more normal, isn't it? Like before yeah, pandemic, yeah. kind of a bit like, mm, you know, day, yeah. yeah, or, or online, mm. don't know if that's going to be quite that good, but now we're so yeah. used to it. And actually it makes it way more accessible for people that, you know, if obviously if you're in London, you've got more access to things, but if you live rurally or if you've got kids or all those things that maybe stop yeah. you being able to go to something in person, so I wanted to make sure it was very accessible and also very affordable, you know, because the therapy is great, but yeah. you, you either, you go on an NHS waiting list Indeed, and, you know, hopefully yeah. eventually you get to somewhere, but I mean, the waiting lists are even crazier. I know, I, I went private the in the end. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I found someone. I, I never really had the idea of going for the NHS for yeah. some reason. In my mind, I was like, I was always going to go private. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, it's expensive. Well, that's the thing. You it's know, a hell great. of a lot of money I pay each yeah. month. But then I, yeah. I think if it helps me in the long run, then it was it's worth every yeah. penny. It's absolutely yeah. worth it, you know, and it's investing in you, in yeah. your future and all of that. But it is expensive. Yeah, and so crazy. being able to give people the option where they can, you know, get a lot of that kind of insight yeah. without having to spend that though it is something we're actually developing at the moment as well is um 
you know, a directory of experts you can book in where you can say, okay, I want somebody who understands allergies or I want somebody that understands cancer or whatever it is that you're dealing with so that you can easily kind of find the person that matches with you. Yeah. So if you actually, I know I've been on your website, but you've got a physical app as well. So at the moment we've got, um, I think its technical name is a progressive web app. I'm learning all these techie terms now. So basically you can use it on the website and it's all set up you know, really intuitively to use. Yeah. And then we've got it on the mobile version, which is much more app-like. Okay. We're working on the moment at the, um, what you call the native apps. So like yeah. the, the Apple and Android versions of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, how do you even go about that? I've always wanted to like <laughs> set up an app, but I don't, I don't really have a purpose. It's like, I could spend all this money building an app, yeah. but then it's like, I don't have like a subscription-based model. Yeah. I think it's worth it if you've actually got a model behind having to have an app kind of thing. Like. Yeah, the techie side was like uh, tough because I'm not a techie yeah, person. Yeah. You know, I knew I was never going to build it myself, <laughs> but I had to understand, you know, what that looks so like. So didn't think about doing a master's and building Oh God, that, no, so. <laughs> no, no. Technology just hates me. Like it would all just yeah. crash. So now I basically found someone, um, actually again, out of the allergy world who had done oh, their, amazing, their yeah. own... Um, their own app and their own work and now runs a kind of consultancy doing it for other people. So oh, amazing. Like, yeah, so I brought someone else on board. Are you still doing um, your kind of food algae work? No, um, it's still yeah. there because I can't, <laughs> one, yeah. because I can't really part with it. Yeah. And two, I mainly use it to Google my own recipes. Like every time oh, really? I go to make pancakes <laughs> for the kids, just I just go to my own website. Yeah. One day I could just write them down, obviously, yeah, yeah. but now I literally That's go back to my right, own yeah. website to look up chocolate cake. Oh, right, yeah. How did they make that? Like? Yeah. So it's still sitting there, but no, I kind of moved away from it um, for a couple of reasons, really. One, it, my mental health was part of it. If, you know, I, I always think that. I, I always think would well, it be less anxious if it didn't have making yeah. time? Like, you know, that's th- just me being honest. So yeah, yeah. No, I think that, you know yeah. there's huge benefits of it because you obviously learn more and you connect with people and all those things. But I do think it also didn't impact me that well in terms of my mental health because you yeah. are talking about it all the time. And also, you know, people are coming to you for advice and for yeah. answers and things like that. And I'm always happy to help. But I do think you were then, you know, on that height. I think there's only the so time. much because I think sometimes like you can get like so many messages and it's like a lot of times like they, they're bringing their experiences and then putting that on you and it, and it can be a bit much sometimes and sometimes yeah. they don't even want an answer. It's yeah. just like, this has happened to me. I'm like, yeah, great. But then like, yeah, then I'm taking, taking it, I'm it taking on, on yeah, that burden. Yeah. So it's, it's a really, it's a really tricky one yeah. I find and a, I think sometimes I've got to be in the right headspace to reply to people. And I always try and respond to everyone. But my my DMs, uh, I think I said the other day, just stressing me out at the minute. I've got, they're just building up and building up. Yeah, and and I think you've got to give yourself that time off and to step away. Yeah. yeah. Because I know I've I've kind of definitely took a step away at times where Mm. it just feels like it's all getting like, yeah, Yeah. a bit much kind of thing. I think the other side of it was, you know, not wanting the kids to be central to it or it always to be about allergies i mean obviously you know their allergies aren't going away so it's the allergies always going to be part of their life yeah but i felt like you know there's been some great benefits out of it for them like they again this year like they judged the free from food awards so they you know got lots of easter eggs turning up at their house and you know yeah yeah, so there's been lots of you know really positive sides of it as well um but part of it was yeah not wanting you know, it's, it's kind of their thing rather than my thing and yeah. how do you find that 
balance with it. I can it. give you some free products. <laughs> I've got, I've got <laughs> Lexi's. Oh, fair play to them. They sent me so many <laughs> products. But I'm, I was like paranoid I'm going to get fat. Because, I mean, they've got no <laughs> calories and they're less than 100 calories. I'm literally promoting it for free. I but, I, I, but when you eat like five in one day, then it's probably, um, it's not great, is it? But um, I was going to say, obviously, you publish two books now. Yeah. Is your third one on the way? And would you want to kind of, share your kind of experience from what you learned from the masters and Yale university and kind of package that up into a book which potentially could be catered towards people with food allergies but potentially not as well like. yeah i think one I, thing I, at a time maybe yeah I, I i'm sure there's another book in there like writing is my you know my thing yeah with every you know doing all these other things but writing is still my kind of core thing. yeah, yeah. so I'm certain at some point I'll come back to it. I don't think it will be allergy specific. I think it will be like more on yeah. the, the mental health side. side of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time when I was like, oh, I could, you know, do a third allergy one. Maybe there's a cookbook in there somewhere, but no, there's not anymore. Yeah. That's, that's past. But yeah, I'm sure at some point there will be. I know. I've always thought books. I would love to do like a, a book. I, I, it was on the agenda. I have like 2022 goals. Yeah. And it was, it was on the agenda, but it's not at the top of the priority list kind of thing. Like, I do like the idea. I mean, how did you go about finding publishers? Is that through just connections? Yeah. So the first yeah. one was through connections. So they said my background's a journalist. Yeah. And then I knew another journalist that, you know, worked for a publisher and kind of had the introduction and, and did it that way. If yeah. I did it again, I would have gone through an agent instead, but I didn't. We kind of did it directly oh, really? with the publisher. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, and then the second one, because of my experience with the publisher, I decided <laughs> to self-publish yeah. <laughs> the second one, the um, the kids' one. Was that so I did better, that. Yeah. It was different. You know, it's yeah. different. You get, you've obviously got more control over it. Yeah. But then you haven't always got, you know, the, obviously the publisher takes on a lot of stuff that when you're self-publishing it, you've got to do Everything, all of those yeah, things. Yeah. So it's, they're both very different experiences depending kind of which book was more how you want which to one do it. Was more which sold more or which is the most popular? Would you say the first or the second? Oh, I don't know because the, <laughs> because the publishers, the things they send you are so difficult to interpret in yeah, terms of like really how many you've yeah. sold where and whatever. Whereas the second one, I know like exactly how many I've sold and yeah. where. Um, now... Mainly, I think the kids one sells more yeah. now. Um, whereas the first one had a big surge to start with because it was, you know. Do you come to like this is this is just me being chair? Do you do you get each month? Do you get money? Like, would you get like a bit of an income through the book sales? Yeah. yeah. So again, it's done differently with the publisher. They pay you in advance. So yeah. when you but when you agree to write the book, they'll they pay you an amount of money at that point. Yeah. So then you have to kind of earn it back, basically. So once you have to sell enough books that yeah. your commission covers the advance. So it's done in okay. a slightly different way. And actually, when you work out how much you get per book, you don't want to work out how much you get per book. It's quite low. Whereas yeah. with the kids' book, obviously, I had I, I had all the outlay what of doing that. What happens if you don't hit the commission then in regards to, say, if you sign up for, say, £10,000, yeah. but then you don't sell... Ten thousand pound worth of books, then. So, as far as I know, in my one and in people I know, it nothing happens. Like yeah. they just is. It's just a bit of a gamble. And some ones, especially people that have been paid really big advances, which I was not paid a really big advance, yeah. they don't actually ever expect them to kind of 
earn out the advance. So it just depends, yeah, kind of what the deal is. Whereas obviously the kids one was different. I had to fund it all. Yeah. How did but then fund- I get yeah. all the income from it. So. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's interesting to kind of yeah. find out a bit more about that kind of thing. Yeah, because I think a lot of people would like to do a book. It's just like, where do you start? How do you do yeah, it? There's not, there's not too many in the allergies. I think a lot yeah. of them, it's probably like more predominantly actually parents, to be honest. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's been on me, me and gender at some point. But there's definitely a gap there. To I, do mean, it I, for I, like I mean, I mean, how many people. words? How many words do you need to? Is it like fifty thousand? I was gonna say I think mine was either fifty or seventy-five. I can't remember. If it was fifty thousand. It's at least fifty thousand you need, and that's a fairly small book. Fifty thousand. At least fifty thousand. Like. A lot of words. I mean, do you have 50,000? Write a kid's book and then you don't need so many words. Yeah, I'll put some nice pictures pictures in there. Yeah, that's what I should do. That's probably where I'm going wrong. But yeah, (laughs) it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. For anyone who wants to kind of find out a bit more about the kind of the We Are Smile app, how do you kind of go about finding it? Yeah. On the website, yeah. So you can go to wearesmileapp.com, which is the website, and it's free to sign up on there. Just become a member and you can go and look at all the resources or you can follow us on Instagram at wearesmileapp. Amazing. Anyway, it's anyone check that out. And yeah, thanks again for thanks, coming on the Dan. podcast. I think you're the first time I've had the guest on twice. So Am yeah. I? Yeah. Oh, I feel honored. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. My pleasure. Bye.